In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Fathers, dear faithful, it's good for us on the feast of our patron, St. Pius X, just to remember a little bit of things that happened in his life. St. Pius X was such a strong and firm figure that he's able to give us strength a hundred years later in our own struggles in this world. And also St. Pius X really characterizes uh, the Catholic spirit and the spirit of a traditional Catholic. Um, He kind of gives us, to a certain degree, our identity as traditional Catholics. Hopefully, by remembering something of his life, we are strengthened on this feast day of his. The thing is, the errors that St. Pius X faced in his time are really the same errors that we face today. And it's kind of encouraging for us to think that he too was in the eye of a storm. He too was in the midst of a time of of terrible revolution and chaos, society going mad. And yet he had this incredible ability to rise above all of the things that were happening. He had this amazing insight into the truths of our faith. And he, he fixed himself so firmly on them that it's, it's almost like he wasn't influenced at all um, by the spirit of the world around him. You know, when sometimes you have people who can focus very well and, and um, you're having a conversation with them and there, there might be a lot of noise around, but, but they're able to look at you and still uh, focus completely on, on what you're saying, and you, you, you admire them for this ability. Well, St. Pius X, he was able to focus completely on our Lord and therefore see in, in so many different, very difficult situations exactly what God desired. Yesterday, I was, I was just going back over one of his encyclicals that I hope provide us as an example of this. Um, his, his encyclical on a, on a movement that was going on in France, it, it was called the, the movement of the Sion, um, and this just word just means furrow, and it was a movement of sort of liberal Catholic youth that was becoming dangerously popular, and they were recruiting seminarians, priests, and workers uh, to this group in order to achieve their goal of, of somehow creating a new democratic society that would bring happiness to humankind. Uh, well, not a society based on Catholic principles, but rather based on the modern notion of the, the so-called dignity of man on brotherly love and humanist ideals. St. Pius X says, they dream of changing human society's natural and traditional foundations. They dream of a future city built on different principles, and they dare to proclaim these more fruitful and more beneficial than the principles upon which the present Christian city rests. These youth, these these young people in this movement, they had a, a pride that so characteristic characterizes our own age, where they, they looked at the past and, and they said they knew nothing in the past. They didn't know how to achieve human happiness. They didn't know how to design society. And we, we now in the 20th century, we have this new insight. We have new ideas that finally will work 
after all the attempts of all of human history have failed. We know better. And it's, it's this contempt for the past and the rejection of the true wisdom of, of the ages that have gone before us that, that really characteristics, characterizes our, our own age and makes our own age so troubled. If no one respects the past, then there's nothing to refer to for the foundation of our own civilization. And everybody is looking for some new idea, chasing after some new idea, and they make themselves very vulnerable to the latest fad in intellectual thought, and always trying out new things. This causes a very great unrest in society. What was St. Pius X's response to these idealistic youth who thought that they knew better than all those who went before them? What was his idea with, with um, their novelties? Was he going to encourage them in their novelties? Did he think that they, oh yes, you, you youth, you have a new and fresh insight that is better than anything that's gone before? On the contrary, with the very greatest strength, that, that clarity that is, is almost unique in his encyclicals. There are some very clear encyclicals, but there's a clarity and strength in the encyclicals of St. Pius X that is astonishing. Here's what he said, his attitude, his whole attitude to this movement. We must repeat with utmost energy in these times of social and intellectual anarchy when everyone takes it upon himself to teach as a teacher and lawmaker. The city cannot be built otherwise than has, as God has built it. Society cannot be set up unless the church lays the foundations and supervises the work. No, civilization is not something yet to be found, nor is the new city to be built on hazy notions. It has been in existence and still is. It is Christian civilization. It is the Catholic city. It is only to be set up and restored continually against the unremitting attacks of insane dreamers, rebels, and miscreants. Omnia instaurare in Christo, restore all things in Christ. He repeats his own motto. Don't give me some newfangled plan for the happiness of the human race, some new scheme for the organization of society. Don't reinvent God for me. Don't reinvent human beings for me. Don't reinvent society for me. We've been given a plan from Christ. We've been given a template from God himself. That is the template that we believe in. That is the template that we will follow none of these new ideas. When he goes about concluding his encyclical, St. Pius X encourages the bishops to choose specific priests who are learned in the Catholic social teaching and put them as the head of movements of Catholic action. The, the one thing that characterized the movement of the Sion is they said, look, the church has no right to have any authority over us, even though it was a Catholic movement. We don't need to listen to the church. We can go our own way. So the Pope says, find priests, you bishops, find priests who are learned in the Catholic social teaching, put them in head, uh, at the head of works of Catholic action. But beware, make sure that these priests are not going to be sucked in by the new ideas, sucked in by the new slogans, and tricked into thinking 
that somehow the modern world has figured something out that, that um, we did not know before. How different is this spirit of St. Pius X from the churchmen today who are always adulating the world, um, showing lip service to the world, respecting all these things that are novel and really uh, are, are completely different from the spirit of Christ. He says, let not these priests be misled in the maze of current opinions by the miracles of a false democracy. Let them not borrow from the rhetoric of the worst enemies of the church and of the people, the high-flown phrases full of promises, which are as high-sounding as unattainable. Let them be convinced that the social question and social science did not arise only yesterday, that the church, which has never betrayed the happiness of the people by consenting to dubious alliances, does not have to free herself from the past. Who are those whom people need ruling over them in society? Is it those who are chasing after all of these novel ideas? Is it those who know how to take the ideals of the world and use them for Catholic purposes? No, he says. What are the type of people that we need? And he answers with the most famous sentence in this encyclical. The true friends of the people are neither revolutionaries nor innovators. They are traditionalists. They are people who respect the wisdom of the past, respect the revelation given to us by our Lord, who have a vision that's totally dictated by, by what our Lord has given. And they're not chasing after these newfangled ideas that try to reinvent the wheel and do better than God himself in their design of Christian society. So if, if we have St. Pius X as, as our patron, it's partly because we admire his spirit and we, we share in his ideals. God willing, like, like him, we do not despise our Catholic past. Instead, we find in our Catholic past what we believe to be the true answer to the, the problems of, of our modern world. We want to strive for a truly Catholic ideal. We want to have a truly Catholic community built on that ideal. It's kind of what we try to do with the Society of St. Pius X, build little Catholic communities in the United States, around the world, that have this vision of restoring all things in Christ. We must try to pray to our patron today, especially members of the Society of St. Pius X, our, our extended family, the priests, the sisters, the, the oblates, the brothers, we have to pray for this grace that in the midst of the chaos and confusion of this world that, that we not be led astray or falsely attracted by these, these novel ideas, but rather seek to build the Catholic city that has been and God willing will be until the end of time. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.